listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom in Santa Fe. Soul Searching is a journey where I engage with an array of thinkers from faith leaders to academics to artists to explore deep questions of meaning, questions that all of us ask at some point in our lives, such as why are we here? What is right and wrong? Is there good and evil? Is truth relative or absolute? Is there life after death? And to help us in our journey this evening, we're very honored to welcome to our show Ariane Mahmoud Ghazi, an Afghan-American clinical social worker, a somatic psychotherapist, a body worker and writer who has been following a lifelong journey of self-remembering that she's come to call The Ecology of Being Human. Ariane, welcome to our show. Thank you. So, so what brings you to this moment? What is it that made you say, yes, I, I need to be here on this show? I think it was a response to the title of your invitation, of um, the invitation to the soul um, to recognize itself and share with other souls. So for you... I mean, the show is called Soul Searching. Yes. What does Soul Searching mean to you then, if that resonated with you in terms of the title? Um, What it means to me is a conversation that I think we often have within ourselves first, um, with the parts of ourselves that uh, we would call personality, you know, how we come into the world and the experiences that we we um, go through and the meaning that we make from those experiences that lead us in one of many different directions and interpretations. And then this other call and response with some story, a larger story looking for us. And you know, when when um, when we actually can slow down long enough to realize that we're not alone, that within ourselves we have different layers of um, of communications and we have different scripts. Um, and so, to me, it's really kind of listening um, to the conversation between our personality and our soul. So when you say we're not alone, I mean, there's a lot of people who feel alone. Yes. Your experience is not being alone. What does that mean for you? That's a really interesting way to view the self and the soul. What does it mean for you to not be alone when you say we're not alone? Well, it's, it's something that I've come to understand. But I didn't experience it that way when I came into the world. Um because I really felt uh, unwanted. Um, I felt that I was a kind of a burden and an albatross around my mother's neck. And this is kind of an understanding um, that came to me just from my own biology. Not words, but just a feeling. And you come in blind. You don't know the context in which you come into. And you don't have the words to... um, yet to kind of formulate what this might be, which is the beginning of the personality. You just have these sensations and these um, temperature fluctuations and these kind of 
um, kind of nervous uh, system impulses. And that amounts to a language, which is the language of babies, which is that language that we all know um, and are familiar with before we become ner um, verbal. And so, um, somehow I've lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah, because when I speak in, uh, about those layers, it's really not about the words. It's about a different way of accessing information. And so, so not being alone means what? Means that there's some kind of echo and reciprocity. Within ourselves? Within ourselves or within... Uh, our environment, like so it plays out within ourselves, it plays out in social relationship, and it plays out with what we call the environment, you know. So that's a, it's a really interesting way of looking at the world when you say there's a sort of call in the echo, because does our self start with our reaching out and then having it brought back to us? Yeah. Or is it the other way around of the world imprints on it? imprints itself on us and we respond well it's a call and response again right it's uh so who's but who's doing the calling is what i'm asking i guess is it the world calling to us or is it us calling to the world where does it start so how what's this conversation we're having right like right. who's calling who right i mean so happens that um i don't know through convergences we've the, the, it's brought us to this moment but um when i think about when i first met you and the circumstances and then um and then how we've come together through this invitation again mm. you know i i really pay attention to those things and um i think that there's some larger um sort of common zeitgeist that uh, brings us together that has an agenda of its own <laughs> I, I really appreciate this because you know recorded i started the conversation but that yeah. doesn't mean i called to you and you responded to me and i really appreciate the way you said that because because there now i understand what you're saying in terms of a mutuality mm -hmm. um of of meeting essentially mm -hmm. of responding i i really appreciate that so i guess I, I guess when I say who are you, I don't mean that in a confrontational way. Sure. I mean, if we are responding to each other in on a, a larger level, you know, mm -hmm. the essence of soul searching on a larger level than just conversation, who, who are you? What, what is it that what are you doing here? Almost. Mm -hmm. And I, I clearly don't mean that in a confrontational way. I get it. Yeah. I get it. So, I don't know why, but it makes me think of this thing about, just about this moment, about how is it that you and I relate to each other right now, right? We can relate to each other according to mm, the commonalities that we have, mm -hmm. you know, the common interests or the passions, or that's one le level of it. You and I are similar in these ways. And then another way is to relate to, ah, but you're different from me. Mm -hmm. This is how you are, and, and this is what you think, and I think this way. And then the other layer is about our common understanding of the world, right? Like the plight of certain people, whatever else, right? And then the 
the place where I really want to relate from is this understanding that you're across from me and you're directly connected to your source. I'm di directly connected to, to mine, such as we understand it. Mm -hmm. And we're both looking at something much greater that, that, um, that is kind of animating us in this moment. And it's beyond compassion even. And that's what, to me, is like so interesting because that's what I lend my whole being to. Tell what does it mean for you when you say that I'm directly connected to my source and you directly? What source is that? Would, you're 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 talking of something that I well I don't speak in those terms or haven't yet. Okay, so, so tell me what it is you're you're, so, you're seeing sharing. So what I'm seeing is, is really kind of relating through all these layers um, of physicality, like the, the gravity and levity of this moment, like the fact that you're sitting in this chair, you have your feet on the ground, there's, you know, a circuitry that runs uh, from the bottom of your feet all the way up to the sublime, and that we all have that architecture within us of, um, of a physical, energetic neuro-socio-chemistry. It's just, that's what I call the ecology of being human, is that we're relating on so many different levels at once. Right. You said, and again, I'm not picking you up on language because sure. I'm interrogating it, because I'm, I'm trying to learn the language and the way that you see the world. Yeah. You said, you know, my... Uh, connecting from my feet, which are on the ground, up to the sublime. Yes. Why is the sublime up? Well, I guess this is informed by my understanding of b body work and also um, energy work, right? It's like we, you know, how is it that we kind of come into this three-dimensional matter in this moment and time. And this kind of density that is our body and, and this earth, you know. And um, I've come to understand something about, maybe through yoga, maybe through other practices, about like these different currents that run us. The current that runs us towards um, illumination, mm -hmm. you know, which is upward, which has less... Um, kind of physicality as you move up and then the corresponding direction down which is about relating to matter and density and just being time bound and being kind of temporal I find this really fascinating I gave a sermon on Yom Kippur uh -huh. uh, from a very different theological perspective challenging the model that spirituality is up um, because that takes us away from the earth. It yeah. takes us away from our groundedness. Yeah. God in heaven above means that we almost deprecate the world and ignore the world around us because it's not real. And the only thing that's real is life eternal afterwards. And so actually we can deny the physical. You're clearly not saying that, though. Mm -mm. You're differentiating between 
you said illumination which is upward and i immediately thought why and then i thought okay maybe the sun is upward i mean that is our main source of illumination our brains are upwards in our bodies so i, I you know but the, the uh, i found it fascinating this idea of less physicality being upwards and, and matter and density being down when you know we're filled with air yeah which is above and around and so i'm i'm just really interested uh, to to explore that your your model of, of yeah. soul which seems to have these sort of energy which seems to have these gradations mm -hmm. not necessarily better or worse mm -hmm. but distinguishing between what is up and what is down when you know in, in an ecological perspective it's all part of something so it's what, not what just up mean? and down Go on. right there's it's multi mm, well, it's multidimensional in an up and down sense of, um, but it it's also. Oh, I just look at our configuration as humans. We have a, a left and a right brain. You know, we have a, um, a, a spine, and in kind of um, craniosacral terms, um, it's uh, it's kind of like where the physicality meets. Uh, the realms beyond what's uh, visible, right. right? And to find that as a body worker is so amazing um, because it's really kind of like listening to the physical body but also paying attention to these kind of much larger currents that that perambulate through us. You know, it's kind of there's this giant benevolent wave of energy that just kind of um, kind of travels through us, um, through our through our body, and it's uh, the the rhythms is much slower than we call that the primary respiration. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's not our breath. It's um, what's breathing us, and in that kind of conversation, from one body to another, you can just kind of bear witness to, like, the energy that circulates through somebody. And it's, and just pay attention to the rhythm, and I'm reminded of the first time that I experienced that, because, you know, this is not something that we kind of would do, like, would be, would understand through the conditioning that we're raised in. But I remember I was taking this class, and I, there were, uh, um, a number of tables laid out, and we were practicing on each other. So, uh, so it was my turn to hold someone's uh, cranium, uh -huh. <laughs> and the instructor kind of would come around and and uh, I I sort of held my partner's head in my hands and just kind of cradled, and the instructor came down and sort of knelt by the side of the table and said, uh-uh, you have to open your awareness wider. So I kind of, whatever that meant, I just uh -huh. kind of like somehow uh, felt my sense of uh, awareness expand beyond my ears a little bit, right? And I feel like you're you're doing this. You're opening our awareness in a, in another way of looking at self and being and soul. We have to take a pause, but I want to come back to this sure. 
particularly this phrase you said just before about the giant benevolent wave of energy. Yeah. That, I think that phrase is laden with a lot. And I, I, if it's okay, I want to really sure. unpack that. So we're going to take a pause. You're listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom in Santa Fe. Uh, my guest this evening, Ariane Mahmoud Ghazi, an Afghan-American clinical social worker, somatic psychotherapist, body worker, and writer, and particularly focusing on the ecology of being human. And we'll return after this break. You're listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom in Santa Fe. My guest this evening, Ariane Mahmoud Ghazi, uh, Afghan-American clinical social worker, somatic psychotherapist, body worker, writer, and ecologist of being human. You said before the break, you talked of a giant benevolent wave of energy. And that that opens so many doors for me. You know, I come from an astrophysics background, a science background. Mm-hmm. And for me, energy means a particular thing. And I, I, I know in a, lot of, in a lot of conversations and dialogue in, in Santa Fe and, and other communities, energy comes to be used in a different way. I've never heard energy being described as benevolent because benevolent implies um, will, desire, thought, what did you mean when you can you try to unpack that phrase the the giant benevolent wave of energy what's the source of the benevolence what is the energy for you what does that mean for you mm. i become a little self-conscious because I, I am afraid of being so esoteric and out there that um that kind of it shakes up um the foundation of this thing that I know to be true, you know? Right. And I'm not, um, I'm not trying to make a point. Um, and all I know is I know this thing. Right. Okay. I really appreciate that. So it's something that you experience, not something you can define, describe. Yeah. So then perhaps instead of that sort of almost scientific, I apologize, no, that scientific exploration, let's go from the rabbinic side, you know, as I would. Um, what is that feeling then? When you, say, when you talk of mm. experiencing a giant benevolent mm-hmm. wave of energy, mm-hmm. what does that feel like to you? So once I, I was uh, in the process of starting this business, right? And so I came to it from writing a vision statement and a mission statement and I'm just pouring over the the wording and my little brain is just like trying to harness the words you know to encompass what I was feeling and it was such a struggle Mm. right and in the moment of this conflict that I felt I kind of sensed something kind of pulling me backwards and I was you know I had pen and paper in hand so I started channeling what 
you know, I just heard this kind of exasperation, like, oh. huh. and um, and it kind of whatever this channeling was, it said it exhorted me to look up and to peer past um, the blinding sun and to understand that there are dimensions and dimensions beyond our understanding of the solar system. And that opened up like this perspective that I, with this finite body, was able to grok, which was so vast, Mm -hmm. you know. And I came to understand later that what that meant was that that our understanding of even our cosmology, you know, in terms of our solar system and the outer planets and everything, is really how un- we understand our ego, right? Go on. And that, and that, but there are ways and ways and ways and ways of understanding, and that even kind of beyond all, you know, we're just hanging on the lip of of the Milky Way, but there are so many galaxies, uh-huh. and there's galactic centers and billions of them, you know, and it's like there's this thing where if you're not trying to understand it for your mind, but you can just open, you're like, ah, oh, that's, that's, yep. Right. That's what the yes is for me. I, I remember it's, it's really interesting you sharing this. I'll just add my own personal memory. When I was in my final year of astrophysics, and we were talking about galaxies yeah. and galactic structures yeah. and how they exist in structures. And, and I, I remember turning to the, to the lecturer, uh, Ron Hilditch, and I said, I don't understand that. Yeah. Why do they exist in structures? And he said, well, they, we don't know. There's no why. And I, that for me had just brought that extra level of, oh, we really don't know. I think mm-hmm. my final year of astrophysics was a real year of, we don't know, right? We can see it and count it and remark on it, but we don't know. I get that a little bit of a sense of that from you. We don't know what's unknowable, right? Mm-hmm. But we do know it. Okay. Right? Like, if we don't try and grasp it with our kind of really puny understanding, but can just kind of open to what we do know in in the the memory of all these cycles of life that that have moved through us you know that we can recognize as movements in nature or patterns in 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 animals or you know this kind of human embodiment right. um or these other experiences that we might not have um a, a context for you know um but that we also know, so it's, I know that it gets very uh, edgy because we sure. want to, we kind of want to bring back our understanding to something that's comprehensible, right? right? And w- that's our default, you know? And what's so interesting to me is um, how do we relate to what we don't know instead of confirming by rote what it is that we already know, Right. And so, like, that takes a certain, like, inner organization Mm -hmm. that can then be shared so that we kind of become these kind of silos that can capture something much larger that is not just our kind of understanding but lends itself to, like, a greater understanding, if that makes any sense. It it, it does. It really does. I, 
I have so many questions and we've only got about four minutes left. You mentioned the ecology of being human. Yeah. And, and I guess in our final four minutes, let's, what does that mean to you? Yeah. And, and how does that affect our soul searching? What is the ecology of being human for you? To me, it's how we organize within our understanding of the life within us, in the health, in the physical health, you know, how our organs and our hearts and that kind of organization between our brain and our heart and our gut and how that kind of works together in synchrony or in dissonance, you know, but that amounts to our physical health, mm -hmm. right? And then how we relate to each other socially, um, interpersonally, and that too is through connection or through the disruption that trauma brings, right? And then how we relate to the collective level uh, of the aggregate uh, experiences that we've witnessed within our own culture and with um, other cultures. And again, it's, it's kind of like, how do we come to understand uh, what we've experienced in a way that is not reduced to just the trauma, but to the connection? Right. As we... As we close off, I guess there's, uh, what you've been focusing on today is a very different approach to soul searching, mm -hmm. to what we've had before. I guess where from here, um, if people are, if listeners are moved by what it is that you've shared, the different perspective, you know, in the, in the final minute, how, where can they go with this? What can they do with this? How can they learn more about this? I think that uh, we're so reeling from the the, the trauma that's, that's kind of um, propagated these days that we don't, we, we really need to kind of learn tools for calming our own nervous system so that we can actually think so we're not hijacked by, um, and so kind of basic kind of self-regulation tools allow us to have enough of this neutrality that we can actually kind of listen to the inner voices within ourselves and with each other, because this is what we need to move into this next iteration of whatever it is life has in store for us. But it's a big change, mm. and we need to change. I, I so appreciate you coming in and you sharing this very different perspective and, and specifically focusing us moving forwards as you said towards the next iteration and and very often i think we learn about where we are and who we are and particularly who we have been but for me you know hearing some of the things you've said it really resonates in terms of who we could be as well and I, yeah i've really I, i've been very moved by that so so I really thank you for coming on the show and for sharing this very different perspective of soul searching. Thank you so much. I've learned so much. Just, and I'm really curious about your own understanding of this too. I mean, it was one-sided, but I'm really curious about your experience. Well, I, th I think my questions revealed some of it and now I need to think about it myself. Sure. And I, I really do appreciate you being here this evening. Thank you so much for the invitation. So thank you. Uh, Ariane Mahmoud Ghazi, um, uh, Afghan-American clinical social worker, somatic psychotherapist, body worker, writer, 
and ecologist of being human. Thank you for sharing such a different perspective on soul searching. Thank you, Rabbi Neil. You've been listening to Soul Searching with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom and from the Interfaith Leadership Alliance of Santa Fe. Until we return again in two weeks' time, keep searching.